Hi, everybody. This is Charlie Guarino. Welcome to another edition of Tech Talk SMB. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Wayne Bowers of IBM. Wayne Bowers is a software engineer for IBM in IBMI Global Support Center based in Rochester, Minnesota, which is clearly the home of IBMI. I have had the great pleasure of speaking for many years at conferences, and I've seen Wayne there. And I can tell you as a fellow speaker that his sessions are almost always the most full sessions I've ever seen. So kudos to you, Wayne. I don't know how you do it, but it's an amazing, amazing feat. Thanks, Charlie. It's good to be with you today. Great. Thank you so much for coming, Wayne. Always a pleasure to, to see you. Wayne, one of the topics we want to talk about today is open source. Uh, specifically, people, um, developers, I should say, who are on, on our platform, IBMI platform, who know they want to get involved with this. They know they want to, they know they need to in some level, but they're not entirely sure how to begin. And maybe for some, it seems a little overwhelming when I think it doesn't need to be, but it, it, maybe there's a, there's a perception that it, it is like that. So we're, we're hoping today to dispel some, some of the myths and give people a definite roadmap on how to get started with this. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Uh, great place to get started here, Charlie, though. Um, you know, the developers uh, trying to move to developing or uh, modernizing applications with new technology. Um, one of the things with open source is there's a lot of places to look with that because open source means it's a open community. Um, you don't have to go to a specific software vendor to get the support for their compiler or their um, development environment because you can go to a community and you can find a community, you can find a technology, you can find the online classes, free YouTube, whatever, similar to what we're doing here, podcasts uh, on that technology uh, to help you get started. Um, on IBMI, an area that I see a lot of people also struggling, Charlie, is those system administrators, uh, CIOs, the longtime IBMI infrastructure, quote unquote, can we say AS400 uh, people that have been uh, a part of the community for a long time. Um, this idea of having open source software on their IBMI system and how would they approach and manage that is uh, actually a hurdle that I see quite a bit that holds not only them, but then their development teams back from being able to embrace and uh, modernize their applications with leveraging these technologies. What do you think some of the hurdles are that they perceive? Is it just... Um maintaining the the projects, the applications, security? What are some of the hurdles that you think that they believe that are out there that may be false perhaps, but that they're seeing? Great question, Charlie. Those are all hurdles that we see. They're, they're varying heights. Security is a big one. As the IBMI uh, community, we hang our hat on the platform being the most securable operating system and platform uh, in the industry. Um, but the, probably the biggest one is it's just a different environment. Um, at least now it is. Uh, let's back up, give you a little bit of history of where 
open source technologies have come on the IBM I think you could kind of point to the beginning of it uh, being uh, making PHP available on the IBM I. And that was done as making it pretty much exactly like another application on the IBM I. There was an LPP, you could get PTFs, et cetera. So then when we wanted to take step two and expand some other technologies on IBM I, some of the next ones were uh, Python, Node.js, uh, things like that, we followed that standard IBM I infrastructure. We created an LPP 5733 OPS that you put on the IBM I and different options for that license program product installed different tech open source technologies. And when we wanted to put out an update, you know, I'm just going to throw it, you know, Node.js um, 8 update, whatever it was, we would put out a PTF for that 5733 OPS to put that uh, update to Node.js on your system. And that was something that, okay, the technology is new, but that infrastructure was familiar to our software uh, system administrators, uh, the infrastructure team that supports our IBM I operating systems. Um, but it kind of held us back because there was a lot of work that had to be done to take these technologies um, that run in the, you know, an open environment and put them inside of a, a licensed program product, put them inside of a PTF. So then the next wave would be, you know, where we are today is to not only to not take these technologies and force them inside of the IBM I specific license program product PTF infrastructure, but to enable an industry standard infrastructure to install, update, and make these open source packages available on the IBM I. And that underlying infrastructure is using technologies called RPM and YUM, which are industry standard technologies for obtaining and updating and installing these type of packages on operating systems. Um, so we were able to jump by doing that. It was so much more efficient for our team where I think we capped out in that 5733 OPS uh, with under 20 different packages. And there was duplicates there like Node.js 8 and Node.js 10 and Node.js 12. Um, but less than 20 packages to now where we're well over three to 400 packages that are available in the infrastructure because it's so much more efficient for us to make those packages available for you uh, using this industry standard infrastructure. And RPM and YUM, they're, they're very well defined in the industry, very, very well utilized, accepted. So anybody should be able to find lots of information on how to use these these tools. Correct. Yep. There's lots of uh, uh, cookbooks, toolkits, whatever that tell you how you can leverage uh, the commands, that infrastructure to manage this environment. Um, but also on top of that, IBM's tried to make that even easier um, by using uh, adding a tool to the IBM I Access Client Solutions utility called open source package management that builds a GUI 
on top of that infrastructure. Uh, so if you're not a uh, shell command line type of person, you uh, kind of like the, the point and click GUI interface, uh, we have that available for you to help you manage this environment from that. And I know the open source package management is right there on the main menu and the main panel. It's so easy. You just click on it and brings you right to the, the list. So it's very easy to, to administer. Yep. Really great. So let, let's um, shift gears a little bit. So I'm talking about the open source package management tool now itself. And then we get into the conversation of, of package management and what does that specifically mean and things like versions. I, I'm, I'm on the list right now. I see different versions out there, things like that different repositories. If someone has that very screen open right now and they're looking at this, and I see three columns, package, version, and repository, what, what do those mean to me? How do I interpret what I'm looking at right now? Right, great question. First of all, I'd like to just draw your eyes up another level in how we provide this from three different lists of these packages for you there. Is first one is packages that are already installed on your system. So these are already there, they're available, they can be utilized, they are on your system. And then the next one would be updates that are available. So this takes and compares the packages you currently have installed and says, are there any newer versions of only those packages that are available? So you will only see things in there that are newer versions to the packages you have. So that brings us to your question of the version column. What does that mean? Well, to me, I'm just looking at my list here. Curl is a pretty common technology. Um, I personally don't use it a whole lot. I'm somewhat familiar with what it does. Uh, the version 7.76.1-2 that I currently see installed on one of my systems, um, that is a version that's been decided on by the curl community, the open source community that develop and make those builds available have decided on that versioning. So if I wanna know what's different between curl 7.76 and curl 7.77 or 7.76 versus 1-2, I would go out to the curl community because there's a reason why I want that on my system. I want to interact with it. And I would look to them as to what's different in that versioning. And I would look to them as saying, is there a reason why I shouldn't be on 7.76? I should be on 7.78 or whatever it is. Um, and that's where I would get the understanding about what that specific versioning means is from that community. IBM does not decide the version on these um, packages. That comes from that community. So if I'm in a shop and we decide that we want to go down this road, and, and the reason why we want to go down this road is because we want to start extending our applications using more functionality that's available today in traditional RPG slash COBOL environments. I mean, I'm assuming that's the main reason, that's one of the main drivers here. Right, that's one of the main drivers is you're able to add some capabilities, generally some you know modernization, some new ways of doing things um, that work well, that can leverage these, these open source technologies to do that. Instead of maybe trying to write that infrastructure yourself or 
buying something from a, a vendor. There's obviously reasons to that. We love our vendors that work in the in our in uh, industry and on the IBMI community. But there's reasons to look at the open source technology. And so, boy, I could really do something cool if I could leverage or add on some capabilities from this open source technology into my business application needs on the IBMI. So this is why I would want to bring it into my, my environment. So if there's a particular project or a package that I'm looking at right now, and I want to start using it or begin playing with it, if you will, what might, what might be some of the typical challenges you might have seen in your, in your working with customers that they generally have? And so, so if somebody's hearing this now for the first time, it may help them. Are there any obvious gotchas that we need to be aware of? Right. So yeah, there's a couple of different levels. The area, the direction I come at it is more from getting that technology available on the IBMI. But from the developer perspective is it's a community. It's a, it's uh, you know, we probably hear the term. I don't know if it is exactly correctly applied, but crowdsourced. Um, now there's, there's people that are in charge of the product that they check the code and, you know, they're making sure that people aren't putting, uh, uh, you know, obvious vulnerabilities or something in it, but it's a crowdsourced, it's a community environment. So it, it's a little bit, you can't really, it's, there are some classes, you know, if you, I don't know, um, learning environments, Udemy, uh, whatever it might be, you can go on and you can get some uh, education on these environments, but you can also just Google search, find the communities. You're going to be learning from other people within the community. Um, you're not going to go to a vendor and say necessarily, what do you have? What's, where's the, where's the documentation, the, the, um, I don't know, the manual. Yeah, where's the manual for this? Um, you're not going to get a three-ring binder shipped with it from the vendor that you bought it from because it's going to be crowdsourced. So you're going to be looking out, finding a community that you can interact with, finding the resources that are more available online. Now, there are people that focus on learning that have also provided learning modules for these technologies, especially the more common ones that you could also look at leveraging. Back to the um, systems administrator, again, that's a hurdle I find is the development community, even if they're, they're like, hey, I, I think I know enough, I wanna try to deploy a Python-based, a Node.js-based, a whatever-based uh, project on my IBMI, Let's go talk to not only my systems administrator, my CIO, to get these technologies on the eye. And those are some hurdles there is just getting our head wrapped around the differences and um, how that environment is managed, how it, the infrastructure is intended that you get these packages from IBM onto your system. And those are all, there's various hurdles within there. We touched on it already briefly, and that is security. And I know that's, yep. that's I, I know you cannot really have this conversation or almost any conversation in technology today without talking about security on some level. Right. 
Uh, um, and clearly in this environment, we need to address security on some on some level as well. What might be some of the basic security concerns somebody might have and how do we allay that? I mean, we talked about maybe security, maybe on a particular security level perhaps, or, or I, don't, I don't know. What have you seen out there so far on the security? How do you address that particular concern? Right. Um, so the, some of those concerns, let's, t let's talk a little bit about the actual packages, the actual technologies themselves. Uh, again, these are being used um, as business level. They're they're being used across the industry, um, particularly on you know pl other platforms. Uh, Linux is a, kind of probably a leading platform. Uh, AIX has embraced this as part of the you know one of our the IBM cousin uh, on the the cognitive power systems platform. Uh, has been em embracing they've they have this for a while even though that we have questions about well but it's created by a community how do i trust that technology to not be inherently damaging to my system how do i trust that and it is well that yes it's in open source community um but it's well managed generally. They're the ones that we're putting on the eye, uh, making available, they're generally well managed. They have, before any code is included in the version, it's it's checked, there's reviews of it, peer reviews, et cetera. So it's, it's obviously a good concern to have. And, but generally, you you go and you look, you find a community, you find a technology, you get comfortable with how that community makes it available. You're not going to just be installing malware on your IBM I by any stretch of the imagination by putting any of these uh, packages on your system. But there's bad people, bad actors out there, right? They try to find new ways to expose vulnerabilities and these technologies also have them. So one thing you do need to do is if you choose to put a technology on the IBM I, an open source technology, you also need to then take some level of responsibility to check for vulnerabilities for that. Check for updates on it. Do I need to put this update to Python or curl on my system? Oh, it's adding new function and there's really not addressing any significant high CVE vulnerabilities. I, I, I don't need to do that. But oh, here's one that has uh, a higher CVE vulnerability. I need to then take and go and update that package on the IBM I to address that. So I get to a higher level of that technology um, to address that security concern. Um, so that's kind of with the package itself. Um, some things I see more from us, I see frequently from a system perspective is this infrastructure of how your system goes and gets a open source package from the IBM repository and makes it available on the IBM I is by default based around the IBM I having some level, it can be fairly narrow, but some ability to connect to make an HTTPS 
secure port 443 connection out to an IBM website to pull that .rpm file down to the, the IBMI for it then to be installed. And some customers, they can work and they're comfortable and they have the, it fits within their security to open up a port, a pathway from the IBMI to make that port 443 encrypted HTTPS connection out to an IBM web server to pull that down. But other customers are like, nope, my IBMI is not gonna connect to the internet in any way, shape or form. Um, so for those customers, we've built tooling into the open source package management utility that uses the PC that Access Client Solutions is running on as a HTTPS proxy provider so that the, uh, the, the ACS PC makes that connection out to the internet and downloads the package. It actually just, it, it opens up a proxy connection where the package download goes right through the PC to the IBMI over your SSH connection to the IBMI. And that generally resolves most of those issues because their PC can make a, an HTTP secure connection out to a website to pull that product down. And, um, and mo most shops today are indeed running SSH. That, 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 that's not really up for debate anymore, is it? No, I mean, some don't have it started, but again, most of them, it's, it's not a big deal to start that SSH daemon on the IBMI and, and have that running. It's included uh, as part of the TCP IP suite of applications on the IBMI for a long time now. And so it, that's not usually a huge hurdle uh, to go over. Where can, where can somebody go today if they're looking for customers who have already gone down this path, successful implementations, and they want to get some inspiration or maybe even a, a different perspective on a roadmap to, to adopting open source technology. They want to see, you know, they don't want to be pioneers and, and they wouldn't be. Many companies have done this already, but where can I go as somebody who's new to this to find out good stories? Right. Right. So we have uh, IBMI open source resources website uh, that's available. Um, ibm.github.io slash ibmi-oss-resources. And there's a lot of great information out there um, about getting started um, some helpful IBMI related documentation on some of the most common technologies, Node.js, Python, um, Ruby, et cetera. But if we go down further near the bottom on that, we have IBMI customer stories um, that are available, individual customer stories. Um, using Node.js to integrate with Amazon Alexa. A company did that to leverage that within their environment. Um, using PHP for web presence, um, some other examples here. So there's customer stories, and then there's some uh, more deep case studies too that are available there. 
that you can go and look at and see what our um, other friends in the IBMI community are doing to leverage these open source technologies to solve business uh, needs, business issues, to get those solutions out there. And I know at the beginning of our discussion, you did mention the other uh, communities, things like River, you mentioned, and Git, and even Slack. Right. Yes. So that's there's also available on that same web page is um, where you can go open. It's a there's a community area on that same website. Uh, there's an I we have an IBMI open source chat on River. You can join that. Uh, we have an IBMI community Slack uh, channel that you can join out there. Um, so those are our places that are open it, just within this GitHub. Uh, I wanted to we'll, uh, mention there's a issues area where you can report an issue uh, with implementing or leveraging that open source technology on I and members of the IBM I open source community, including some of the developers, uh, respond and communicate and, and give advice out there in that GitHub uh, community. This is little good stuff. I love discussing new technologies like this. Wayne, we can wrap this up with my great thanks to you, but are there any kind of last thoughts you want to give out to everybody who's listening to this podcast on inspiring them to go forward or anything else on, on, on that track? I would say don't let the, if particularly what I see the most common is um, probably people that have been a part of our IBMI community for a long time, and they're very comfortable with that infrastructure. Uh, sometimes, you know, we've all heard that the, it's hard to teach a dog new tricks, and sometimes we don't want to learn the new tricks, is to not discount this right away, to really, especially a common scenario that I see is a uh, somebody brings in a newer developer, Maybe they haven't been on IBM I for all their career. They came from a Linux or an AIX background or whatever. And they're like, you know what? We could really do some cool things with this open source technology. Don't discount that and say we're an RPG shop. You know, that, that's how we've always done it. Look at it. See what could be done. And don't be scared to make a foray into this environment. Uh I'm here to help you get those technologies available on the IBM I. And then we have great friends, Charlie, that also then take you the next step to help you leverage those technologies. Uh, my friends in the community, like uh, Jesse Gorzinski, who's the open source architect on IBM I, uh, Liam Allen, Mark Irish, you know, et cetera. Um, there's other people in the community uh, that have been this and they would love to help you embrace this. So go down the path. I think it'll really help you and your business take those steps towards the future modernizing application on your IBM I. Right. Extend them in ways you may not be aware of today. Correct. Yep. Perfect. Wayne, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure to see you. Looking forward to seeing you um, in person again at future conferences as always. Sounds good. Likewise, Charlie, I've enjoyed chatting with you today. Thank you. And for everybody who else is listening, please check out the Tech Channel website. 
you know, there are so many different resources out there and on great topics, IBMI and other platforms. It's, it's really worth your while. And until next month, everybody, we'll, we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye now.